0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs.
2: Hydra, deep left field. And Medio left the building. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby
1: Champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us, next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
2: I don't want to talk OPS+. plus. I don't want to talk about any data. The only thing that I want to talk about today, for the next hour, is the standings. Because that's the only thing that matters. I will not forget, after the second loss on Friday night, to the New York Yankees. Everybody was jumping ship. I know because I do the post game show. Everybody was jumping ship. You realize right now where the A's are. 30 games to play. They are five games out of the West. And right now, we got a day game going on in Seattle where the Astros lost last night A's are only five games back of the division. And then if you want to get into the actual wild card, the A's are only a game back in the wild card. The A's have won three in a row. And that's why baseball is so interesting, because it is a six-month marathon. You just don't know how it's going to end. It's a long process. We're in the top of the third inning right now, and we're scoreless between the Astros and the Mariners. Later on tonight, you're going to have the Yankees and the Angels. That's going to happen at 4:07. Then at 4:10, you got Red Sox and you got the Rays. It's scoreboard watching time, folks. And you and and, and the bottom line is somebody is going to fall to the A's. What are they going to do about it? If the A's keep winning, they'll track down one of these teams. If not, multiple teams. Can they track down the Yankees? Can they track down the Red Sox? And, you know, you think about the most important one is the Houston Astros because there's still six games left between the A's and the Astros. This is the time to get hot. And scoreboard watching is a must. I absolutely love this time of the year. It really is one of the best times of the year in the sporting calendar when you put football and you put baseball together. As football starting out, not only college games are starting, NFL is about to start, and you have Major League Baseball. Dan Dickerson, the voice of the Tigers, is going to join us at 2.15. And Martin Gallegos will be here at 2.30. Commander Cody, you were writing the A's off. I think it was, what, Friday night, Thursday or Friday? You said, I think you were afraid they were done. I don't think you're feeling that way anymore.
1: Well, it helps that they're playing Detroit. It's a good, uh, as we would say before, a get-right series. playing against. Oh,
2: the- but remember, A.J. Yeah. Hinch, and A.J. Hinch's boys are playing better, and they're so good. I, uh-huh.
1: mean, I mean, they are 53 and 47 since May 6th, but or May 8th, I think it's May 8th, but still, I mean, and I think they're 54 and 52 since May 1st after starting that dreadful over the 8-19 to start the year, but the A's are playing a much better. Uh, Boston, unfortunately, just lost Xander Bogarts to the COVID list. They're having a huge outbreak in in Boston, and he's asymptomatic, so maybe he won't be on the list that long, but uh, they're they're one of the small teams that aren't uh, at that 85% threshold like the A's have been for months. So Boston's starting to lose ground. How many
2: and, guys? I mean, you say it's a huge outbreak. How many guys do they have?
1: Uh, well, their closer's on the list. Kike um, Hernandez, who's vaccinated, is on the list. They've had several guys go down already. And now so Bog- you got,
2: what, three guys on the list? No,
1: it's more than that. It's like five or six at least. So you have that many guys. Ha- and then Bogarts is the most recent guy. They're Probably their best player is now on the list. So he's going to be out.
2: I don't want to win because of that. No,
1: and t- but, uh, but no, Tampa Bay... The- but Tampa Bay is unbelievable. And I saw a stat on the Rays, which is just crazy. They're looking to be – let me pull it up. The Rays, if they win tonight, they, uh, they would win – they would be the sixth team since 1980 to have two winning streaks of 10-plus games in the same season. They joined the 0-1 Cardinals, the 2013 Braves, the 2015 Blue Jays, the 17 Astros – or Dodgers and 19 uh, Astros. Uh, is the only teams that ever do that in a season. Uh Small note, none of those other teams will ever, ever went on to win the World Series, but still, two different win streaks of 10-plus games in the same season. The Rays are unbelievable. Five of their six teams in baseball, major leagues and minor leagues, five of the six are in first place right now in their prospective leagues. That's incredible. Shows you how well their player development is doing in Tampa Bay.
2: You know, we were talking about how it's like the Giants and the Brewers are the two teams that really haven't had losing streaks. Uh, you know, the Rays had one early, They haven't had one in a while, and it's been very impressive what they've been able to do and what they could do to help us is probably the number one thing when you look at the Rays because the Rays still have games against the, the Red Sox after this series. They have games against the Yankees. The Rays can help the A's. The A's can help themselves with the Astros, and I think the Mariners can play a part in that, also. I mean, you got to remember, we got a four-game set against the Mariners coming up at home. This is getting really interesting. As my friend Jim Harbaugh once said, "It's getting real, real, real fast."
1: There is Mariners news, by the way. Uh, we t- we thought, hey, maybe if the Mariners collapse in uh, the end of the year, we probably we would maybe see the. The well, they're of- not
2: collapsing, by the way. Yeah,
1: and we maybe see the end of Jerry Depoto. He got a multi-year contract extension, so Jerry Depoto's not going anywhere because Abraham Toro hit a grand slam off yes, Kendall Graveman last night in the eighth inning to give the Mariners the win. Uh, there's poetic justice if you're looking for something to take from that game. The two guys were traded for each other, and then Jerry Depoto and Scott Service each got extensions this morning for Seattle. So there's that. Thought-
2: be- that 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 is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Good luck. Good luck.
2: Keep not going to the playoffs and get a contract extension. (laughs) It's just like, are you kidding me? Uh, That is awful. But the races are on. And for the A's, it's two races going as we speak, right? It's the race in the West. It's the race for the wild card. And how is that going to work out? Question is, well, there's two questions for the A's today. And I, 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 I'm looking at your, your, your KD shirt. Um, as of right now, KD is coming to the A's. Speaking so you, you've called for it in the post game show. Many people have said Chris Davis is hot. Chris Davis is playing well. He's carrying the Aviators. Get him back in the lineup. He is coming back to the A's. We know that. As of right now, when I look, MLB.com, I have it in front of me. The lineup is, is set, and Katie is not in it. It goes Josh Harrison's leading off, Starling Marte hitting second, Matt Olson third, Matt Chapman, red hot, two home runs last night. Could have been three. But Matt Olson is hit. I mean, Matt Chapman is hitting uh, is hitting fourth. Jed Lowry hitting fifth, DHing. So you're claiming Cody what when you look at the DH spot? Because right now, this has been submitted to MLB.com. Jed Lowry is in the DH spot.
1: Well, no as of, as of now, KD is speaking to the media right now, so he's speaking to our beat writers and. We'll talk to Martin Gallegos in about twenty minutes. He's not in Detroit, but I'm sure he's on the Zoom call with KD as KD is now back in Oakland. Oh, well, he's
2: not in Detroit.
1: No, he no. didn't. He didn't travel. He's going to be in Toronto, though. But he didn't go to Detroit. So, but I'm sure he's on the Zoom call with KD. Why would he not be in Detroit? I don't know. He told me yesterday that he wasn't in Detroit after he said he'd come on. He says I'm not. Or he said on Twitter that he wasn't traveling to Detroit, but he would be in Toronto. So, so you've been in communication with Chris Davis. Uh, I have not been in communication with Chris Davis, but KD on Twitter, he's speaking to the media. I see people posting pictures. Our friend Jessica Kleinschman has pictures or some quotes from KD. The official lineup from our PR staff on Twitter has not been posted. So I haven't seen anything about a lineup. So I know MLB.com has a lineup. Well, he's
2: not in Detroit. So if he's not in Detroit, he can't No, play. no.
1: Chris Davis is in Detroit. I'm saying Martine is not in Detroit.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, Chris Davis is in Detroit. He arrived there earlier, so he's speaking to the media right now on Zoom. So he's at Comerica Park. Yes, Martine is not at Comerica Park. So the odds are we may
2: see him in a pinch hit role later on tonight.
1: Oh, well, I mean, maybe he's playing. Bob's speaking to the media next. Maybe Bob goes, ah, I'm going to change the lineup. Chris Davis will be uh, hitting.
2: They've already submitted the lineup. That's not.
1: I mean, there's a righty on the mound. Willie Peralta's a righty, so I mean, if you want to play the split game, righty, righty. I don't know. They, they,
2: they, 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 they put the lineup out already, and I doubt that's going to change. But he's, you know what? And, and and the thing that I have said, and I'll continue to say it. You got nothing to lose. Chris Davis, right now. Last time I checked, he's hitting what, like three thirteen. He's hit 10 home runs. He's hot. And when Chris Davis is hot, he can carry a ball club. We've lived it. And you haven't been scoring runs. You've struggled with runners in scoring position. If Chris Davis shows up and does what we know he can do, major bonus, but if he shows up and doesn't do anything, you get rid of him. Cuz isn't isn't Vegas going to be playing into October the way the minor league system is working? Like it's not like it would be over in early September. Aren't right Cody, aren't they playing like into October?
1: Yeah, they're playing through the month of September because of the late start and, you know, remember they're playing six-game series now. They're playing through the end of September. And there's a quote now that I just saw from Bob Melvin uh, Bob said that after talking to Chris Davis, he made a comment saying this call-up might be a bigger moment than his original call-up from the ma- from the minors. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he, he, you're right, though. He was hitting 333, 10 homers Ve- in Vegas. Uh, you're right. We've seen it. He can carry a team when he gets hot. Three straight years of 40-plus home runs playing in Oakland. Um, he looks like the, the old KD. I, but, again, the ball flies in triple Los- in A. In Las Vegas, AAA West. All right, all right, all
2: right, man. right. You don't hit over 300 if you're not seeing the ball well. Oh, of course. That's how baseball works. And I know we, we, we like to act like, oh, it's the big leagues. Hey, listen, the guys in the minor leagues, they blow Ched too. And the guys in AAA are pretty good. Hell, we were at some San Jose Giant games watching guys throw 9798. If you're down there and you're hitting, you still have to square it up. We have seen that. It's been very impressive. What are you texting me?
1: I was letting you know that I gave uh Dan Dickerson the number to call us. So if he doesn't if he doesn't call us and if you, you know, around 2:15 I'll give him a call. But Martin will be calling us. So just a heads up. So hopefully Dan calls us, but if not, I'll give him a call. But you're right. If you're hitting three, if you're hitting over 300 in AAA, you're definitely seeing if the you're
2: ball. Hit, well. Like I, I, I get so tired of that when people are like, well, it's the minor leagues. These guys are professionals. AAA pitchers are legit pitchers. They're some of the best pitchers in the world. You're hitting a home run every night. You're hitting over 300. You're balling. But can he do that up here? Which, you know, the last time we saw Chris, Chris Davis had a slow bat. Chris Davis was somebody who looked uninterested. He was somebody that couldn't hit velocity. I mean, that was the thing that Bob Melvin, I mean, he eventually had to like, he eventually had to tell us that, you know, we can only play him against soft tossers because he can't hit velocity anymore. That became the major problem with Chris Davis. Can he now turn it back to what we saw where at one time he had 48 home runs? He led Major League Baseball in home runs. It'd be an unbelievable story. I mean, you think about what this story would be where you go from Out of baseball, the Texas Rangers, a last place team. God, I haven't even looked how bad they are.
1: They have uh, 40, I think they have 40, 45 wins or something like that. Oh, you're selling them short. They got 47 wins. Oh, my mistake. They're
2: 47 and 85. They're 31 games out of first place. That team, by the way, they've won three in a row. Um, That team. That team released him. Think about that. They wanted to get rid of Elvis. They wanted to get rid of his contract. And they eventually released Chris Davis. If he comes back to the A's and starts hitting home runs again, it'll be one of the great stories we've ever seen in A's history.
1: Would you disagree with that? No, not at all. I mean if he can like you said three straight years of hitting 40 or more home runs and he led the league in home runs with 48 i mean it'd be something and if he can carry the team for a month we saw what he did last year in the playoff series against Houston when his bat started getting hot he started pl- performing well and then remember they were only putting him when there wasn't velocity yeah that's true and well then again everyone was hitting home runs in that series at Dodger Stadium something was going on down there <laughs> cuz when we yeah, how many
2: balls everybody Chad Penner's hitting the ball out to right field, and we're like, "Oh my God, Chad Pender needs a play every day." Well, now,
1: that now this is my only thing. Every time we've seen a guy get called up from the minors, they have had him sit on the bench, and then their hot streak they're on it kind of goes away. Luis Barrera, we've seen happen with Sky Bolt before because Austin Allen got called up as well. Austin Allen in the minors, I right know, hitting he had, he was hitting three twenty one in Vegas. He had twenty home runs, so both these guys—that's a lot of home runs from from AAA Las Vegas that are coming up, you can add to this lineup. So hopefully we get to see these guys in lineup sooner than later because they both added a lot of pop in the lineup. That
2: okay, so who's officially called up and not on the taxi squad? Because uh, we it's, did it's, this a, last it's, night.
1: It's officially Austin Allen and Chris Davis.
2: So because you're going from 26 to 28. To 28 if you play a doubleheader, you can go to 29. The other five guys are going on a taxi squad. Yeah, for,
1: they
2: for, will, will travel. They will travel with the team, but they're going to be on a taxi squad. So Austin Allen and Chris Davis are the official official two roster spots.
1: Yes, and then Skybolt was obviously called up because Mitch Moreland was put on the disabled or in the injured list yesterday. So the two official moves are Austin Allen recalled and Chris Davis called up from AAA Las Vegas. People are excited about Chris Davis being back. I mean. Twitter was pretty excited. And I went back and looked at a – I put together a comprehensive list of former A's players to wear the number 11. Can you guess any former A's players that wore number 11? You know I don't know numbers.
2: Give you a couple – Numbers – Baseball fans like numbers. The only numbers I really remember are football numbers, right? You remember who guys are. John Elway's wearing 17 – Deion Sanders is twenty one. Yeah, I mean, I just I, baseball numbers have never been a thing to me. Babe Ruth, what three? Yeah. So you got like like what was Jeter
1: five? Jeter was two. He was two. Who was five? Oh, Mickey Mantle was five. Mantle was I thought no, Dimaggio was five. I thought Mantle was seven. Oh, Dimaggio was five. Yogi was Yogi was with somebody. Yogi was what? Yogi was. Eight? Yogi was, let me see. That's a good question now. Like, I don't care about baseball numbers. Baseball numbers are kind of irrelevant to me. Yogi was number eight.
2: And But he, there was somebody else who was eight. They they were, re, like, retired together.
1: Um, Mano might have might've,
2: Mano might've been seven.
1: Yeah, Mickey was seven. He was seven. DiMaggio was five. Here, let me, you want me to pull up Yankee retired? No. Retired Yankee jerseys. Billy Martin's jerseys retired, number one. Uh, are, these, are these really the numbers they have retired? Wow, they have a lot of numbers retired. Fontavino um, was zero. Yeah.
2: Is, he, is he getting
1: retired? <laughs> well, Lou, Lou Gehrig, number four. Joe, Joe Torre was six. Uh, Bill Dickey was also number eight. Uh, Roger Maris was nine. Phil Rizzuto was 10. Thurman Munson was 15. Whitey Ford, the chairman of the board, was 16. Jorge Posada was 20. Donnie Baseball was 23. Elson Howard was 32. Casey Stengel, 37.
2: Like when do you think 23? Who do you think of 23?
1: Um, in baseball, or just 23 no. overall? Michael Jordan. Michael, Michael Jordan. George. LeBron James.
2: I mean Michael Jordan. Yeah, like, it's, yes,
1: is Michael Jordan. Uh, then, obviously, you got Mariano, Reggie, Andy Pettit, 46, Ron Guidry's 49, and Bernie Williams is 51. Those are the number of yet retired Yankee jerseys. So, notable A's players were number 11. Comprehensive, there's a bunch, but I, here's some of the notable ones. Tony La Russa, uh, Dave Duncan, Ron Say, Frank Menachino. Wait, sh- the Penguin wore 11? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Menachino, Jared Parker, Rajay Davis, and friend of the program won Billy Bean in 1989. Now do you think Chris Davis asked Billy Bean if it was okay to wear number eleven?
2: How have we not how have we not retired that? <laughs> the great Dave Duncan who went to high school with my mom.
1: The last number the last player to wear number eleven for the A's was uh, Jacob Wilson earlier this season. Because obviously number two is taken by Starling Marte, so that number's not gonna be given up.
2: You know, for- by the way. He ain't giving it up. Yeah, what, whatever I, what, whatever Starling wants, Starling gets. Uh, I, I'm telling I he has been one of the most electrifying fun players. Like last night. He hits a ball in the 5.5 hole. He beats it out. Like Starling for the so far for the A's has been absolutely incredible. He's been one of the most fun players to watch on a daily basis that I've seen in years. I mean, it's, it's, it's every day he does something. And I, I, you know, I have no idea what his contract is going to be like going forward and what he'll sign for, but God bless him. What he is, what he has done for the A's is truly, I mean, last what X amount of years, we have not seen a guy show up and play like this. He is delivered like you wouldn't believe. It's been incredible. I, saw I mean, it. when, when you, start refer, you start referencing Ricky Henderson, who is obviously one of the greatest players to have ever lived, we're referencing Ricky with him now. That's how good Starling Marte has been for the years.
1: I saw a note on Marte. He's the first player in MLB history to steal at least 20 bases in two different leagues during the same season. <laughs> that's pretty <It's> incredible. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy.
2: It, it's incredible what he's doing. He's made the team different. I guess would be the best way to, to describe it. They're different because of him. More guys are running. More guys feel like they can run. And he has just shown up. He's like, this is how I play. You watch more Pirate Baseball than any of us, Cody. There's no way he was this good. I mean, uh, he's playing like a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, he, well, he was always overshadowed in Pittsburgh, though, because of McCutcheon. But he was a good player. I mean, he was a good player in Pittsburgh, but not like this. I mean, he had a couple of years where he stole 40 bases. I think his career high in steals when he played in Pittsburgh was somewhere around, uh, he had, I think he stole, 40, he stole 47 in 2016, the only year he was ever an All-Star. And he's at what right now forty two. So he might blow by that this year.
2: Yeah, but how many did he he's he's stolen over twenty with us?
1: Yeah, he has twenty. He has twenty with the A's, twenty two with the Marlins. So he's he's
2: a, only been here since the trading deadline. His
1: twenty steals in 20.
2: high. Think about that. His career high. You said what? Is forty seven?
1: Forty seven in one hundred twenty nine games. He's stolen twenty already for us. Twenty in and, and twenty nine games. <laughs> this is this is the best stretch. That
2: he's ever had in his career, maybe not power wise. Because what what does he have with us? Two two home runs.
1: He had yeah two home runs and fourteen runs driven in.
2: But if you look at the way he he's played, it's got to be the best stretch of his career.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> and even his batting average. I mean, his bat he was hitting three forty four. His best year his best year ever batting average wise uh, was two thousand sixteen, where he hit three eleven. The all the year he was an all star. He hit three eleven that year where he had. He only hit nine homers. His best power year was twenty nineteen. How old was he then? Twenty sixteen, he was twenty seven. His best power year was twenty nineteen at age of thirty. His last year in Pittsburgh, uh, he hit at age thirty, he hit twenty three homers and drove in eighty two, and he still twenty five bases. So he was a twenty twenty guy for a bad Pirates team.
2: I mean, it's pretty incredible, right? I got to look up Jesus Lizardo.
1: It's no, it's not good. I think he pitched but the other day. He the he day. did get a he
2: did get a win the other day. Oh my god, his numbers are terrible. But with Miami, he is three and three with a seven point six two ERA. He's- god, he's he's better than that.
1: <laughs> it it, it kind of is unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's struggled. I mean, uh, Miami's a lot of Miami's young starting pitchers have struggled, but I mean he's I mean he's only pitched in 28 in the third innings and in six starts. That's I mean, that's if you look at it, if you're doing the math, that's what, averaging around that's only that's like not even five innings to start.
2: Yeah, not good. Coming up next, Martin Gallegos from MLB.com will join us right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Streaming from the East Bay, AceCast Live continues with Chris Townsend
2: and Martin Gallegos joins us from MLB.com. Martin, how are you, buddy?
0: What's up, Tony? How are you doing? Just uh, observing Chris Davis Day today. It looks like.
2: Yeah. So, uh, are you buying stock? Do you believe in this?
0: Well, I mean, it's always, you know, you got to have a little bit of, uh, you know, worry just based on, you know, what he was doing was at Las Vegas. Right. But I mean, just seeing a, you know, a former, you know, almost face of the team, you know, for years back, you know, in the organization and and where he's beloved, I know the, the players are excited. Bob Melvin loves Chris Davis. So I know he's excited about that. Just having him back, I think automatically gives this team a little bit of a boost, you know, and they've gotten a boost here with Chris Bassett back in the, in the clubhouse. And. You know, we'll see what Chris Davis can do. If, if he can replicate those numbers, I mean, obviously, that would be great if he can, you know, be the Chris Davis of old, hitting home runs again. But just the fact that he's back here, I think it brings a good feeling to the clubhouse, and I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's something that the team could feed off of.
2: Yeah, you remember that day when we announced the contract signing and we were doing the show? I believe you came on the show that day uh, from the treehouse and all the media, you guys were there and and the whole front office was there and so many of the employees who unfortunately are no longer with us you remember that day when he signed the contract
0: oh yeah you know that was a huge huge deal uh, especially around these parts you know the a's hadn't really given out a big contract in a while and and it was kind of a nice thing to show you know moving forward that they were putting all their stock in, into one of their their best players at the time and unfortunately you know av- shortly after that it seemed like things just started to kind of go south for chris and You know, he couldn't really break out of that slump. It went on for, you know, the rest of that year and then the rest of the year after that. And obviously they traded him away, you know, this past offseason. But at the time, I mean, you could tell how big a deal it was because all his teammates were there, like you said, the whole front office was there. Basically everybody was there. So it was was a huge deal at the time.
2: And I I think of one player who definitely benefits from this and he's starting to get hot and you can speak to this is Matt Chapman because Matt Chapman and Chris Davis – they they're boys, right? I mean, they're, they're like best buddies. Uh, I think this can be huge for Matt Chapman and continuing uh, good vibes for him going forward.
0: Oh yeah. Without a doubt, you know, Matt Chapman looked up to uh, Chris ever since, you know, with the Fullerton connection. So, I mean, that go way back. Uh, You know, Matt Chapman actually made the push to Chris Davis to, you know, reach out to the organization about making a comeback. And, you know, I think he kind of spearheaded the, uh, the efforts for the A's to bring him in on a minor league deal. Obviously, you know, nobody knew where this was going to go. I think everybody, we all looked at it as a long shot that he was going to make the team this year, but he literally forced his way onto the roster by hitting a home run pretty much every day. I mean, you saw the streak he was on in Vegas. So he put himself on the map here. It's been a lot of hard work for him, no doubt about that. So he's definitely earned this, this call-up. It, it wasn't given to him.
2: You know, Cody's made a good point in this show today about how guys have been hot. They bring them up don't play them right away. And then they're not hot anymore. We've seen it with Seth Brown, Sky Bolt. Is Chris going to get in the line? Like, when do you think we'll see Chris in the lineup?
0: Right. Yeah. So he's not in there today. Um, You know, we could see him tomorrow. I know it's a right-hander, so maybe not, but I'm sure Bob Melvin's going to try to get him in that bat uh, at some point, maybe even off the bench, especially if there's a lefty reliever that comes in. I think for sure you'll see him in there because, you know, like it's it's common, like like Cody said. You know, a lot of times that does happen. You guys guys hop but they come up and then they don't play for. They a happened with the A's earlier this year. Luis Pereira was called up and you yeah. know he was hot at AAA. Was on the bench for about a week and then got a start and and eventually got a hit. But um, you know, I think it's always a lot easier when a guy can come up and obviously contribute right away. So I think I would expect Bob to try to get him in there at some point, even if it's just for even if it's just for an at bat, just to kind of see if he can keep the ball rolling there.
2: You know, I was asked last night on the postgame show, are the starters finally running out of steam? Because the starters were, you know, bleeding baseball in innings pitch. They were doing so well. But I want to ask you that question. Do you think the starters are starting – we're starting to finally see the fatigue of a long season when some of these guys – well, first of all, he only had 60 games last year. And then you got guys, whether you're talking about Cole Irvin or, or Cap, who's going tonight – you know, they haven't been career guys to go 30 starts. What do you think about that theory?
0: Yeah, it's definitely worrisome with, uh, especially a guy like Caprillion, who hasn't, you know, approached even close to what he's going to, you know, get to this year in terms of the workload. Um, you know, Cole Irvin seems to have been dealing with, you know, a, a hip type issue there uh, Here's the last couple starts. So maybe that attributes to his, his short outings. With Sean Minaya, I don't know That's necessarily him getting tired as much as it is just kind of working through some mechanical things. Um, I think he's the stamina's there. I think he's just kind of going through a rough patch in terms of mechanics. I think if you can figure that out, I, I think he's, you know, got the size and the, and the, and the stamina to go for, for a full workload season. It's just, you know, getting back to, you know, what he does best. Frankie Montau seems to be getting stronger as the season goes on, which is a positive for them. And I think, you know, he's the guy that they're going to have to ride on for the rest of this last month, especially as, as their ace, you know, with Chris Bassett out he steps into that ace role and, you got to expect every night he goes out there. He can go six, seven strong, and, and keep you in the ball game for a really good chance to win. Um, you know, and then they've called up Paul Blackburn here recently, and, and you know he's had a couple of nice starts, but um, you know you don't know what's going to happen there. I think Dalton Jeffries eventually could get into that mix as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely hasn't been the same production that that they had. Um, you know, in the first half of the season, and even into the second half, they were they were still doing pretty well. It almost seems like right after when Chris Bassett got, you know, got hurt, that was kind of when everything started to go a little bit south. And I think part of that might've been, you know, the, the more demoralizing aspect of that, but they also have pitched a lot this year and you kind of expect guys to go through a rough patch. August is obviously, you know, the dog days and all that you, you know, see some guys go through some things, but now here in the final month, you know, this is when your, this is when your best guys step up. If, if, you know, these starters are legit, you know, they step up and, and keep the team in the ball game. You don't need, You know, a complete game shutout every time, but, uh, you know, a little bit more length because we obviously saw how the bullpen was kind of beat up in that giant series um, that affected them for a while. But now it seems like, you know, with a couple off days here, they're a little bit back on track. So um, now it's a kind of a clean slate, and you you hope your starters can go deeper into games than they have been here the past couple weeks.
2: Well, you mentioned Frankie Montas, and I thought that was the biggest start of his career. You know, if the A's are going to stay in the playoff hunt, they got a win. And what he did against a hot Yankees lineup was very, very impressive. Do you think now, as you said, he's getting stronger? Is this the Frankie Montas for his career that we're looking at? You know, this guy has ace like stuff that he can be a great pitcher.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at his stuff since the numbers since the All Star break, it's been dominant. I mean, he's looking like the 2019 version of Frankie Montas that we saw. You know before the suspension happened and then he came back later that year after the suspension and pitched well in anaheim that last week of the season um last year with the 60 game season he started off really well and then you know curtailed off to the point where he wasn't even in the postseason rotation anymore it was quite the fall for him um but now this year uh you know that splitter is nasty i mean his splitter is one of the best pitchers in baseball i think um you know you go around baseball everyone's top pitch frankie Montas's splitter is up there i mean he He's learned how to incorporate that into his pitch mix so well. And it's such a devastating pitch, when, he, especially when you're throwing 98, 99, you know, against the Yankees. He was pumping that fastball in there up to 99, close to 100. I mean, it's, hard, it's tough to deal with that type of stuff. So, um, you know, I think this is the Frankie Montas that the A's always felt was, was in there. It was just kind of pulling that out of him. And he's still pretty young. But he seems to have figured something out, you know, especially this second half of the season, he's been so consistent for them. And it's been such, such a big help for them. And like I said, with Chris Bassett out, I mean, this is exactly the guy that they're going to count on to give them quality start after quality
2: start. If you had to bet on who's going to drop to the A's, you got the Astros, you got the Yankees, you got the Red Sox. Who would you bet on who drops to the A's?
0: Well, I think with goal, what's going on with Boston right now with the whole COVID outbreak, there's nuts. I mean, I think, you know, I don't see how they can overcome something like that. They just lost Bogarts as well. They've got so many guys out, um, you know, and they're going to have to be out here for at least, you know, 10 days or whatever it is. I, I don't, it's going to be hard to withstand something like that. So I think, you know, with the A's only being, well, one game back at this point, I think they definitely have a strong chance to surpass them here and even, you know, add some padding to that, that lead. Um, Cause I, I don't, I don't see how the vet Sox are going to be able to, you know, be successful with so many guys out. It's just, it's tough to overcome something like that. Cause it's not just, you know, some guys off the bench, they have legitimate starters who are going to be out here for a good period of time.
2: And let's be honest as the A's, you know, we talked about the struggles, you know, the Astros have had their struggles too. So, I mean, wouldn't you say the division is still in play?
0: Oh yeah. You know, I mean, after last night, only five games back and they still play the Astros six more times. So basically what you want to do is just, you know, take care of business here on this road trip. I mean, the Tigers, you, this is a series you got to win. Um, you know, the Toronto as well. I mean, Toronto has an exciting young team, but you know, they haven't had the best of seasons. They've got a couple injuries that they're dealing with. So, I mean, this whole road trip is a, is one that the A's really need to take advantage of going into September. And if you can get into those Houston series, you know, trailing maybe only, you know, I don't know, four, three games, you know, maybe even five, you keep it at five. Um, You're giving yourself at least a, you know, a chance to control your destiny and and possibly take the division lead, which I know is still obviously their main goal after winning it last year. They want to defend that and, and show that, you know, it wasn't a fluke and they're still in it right now. They still got a chance. They just got to, you know, take care of business before that series.
2: Were you very curious like I was last night before the game got out of hand, with Chaffin in the eighth. Who was Bob gonna use in the ninth?
0: Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I I've still, you know, we still don't really know how that's gonna play out right now with, you know, Trevino obviously getting a break from from the ninth inning duties. I think I think it's still something that they're still formulating. Uh, you know, Romo has been used once and I've obviously, you know, he, it was a little scary with the judge Homer he gave up, but Romo's been, you know, pretty good, especially this, since the start of the second half. So I expect him to get some safe opportunities here as well. Um, I think AJ puck is a guy that they want to try to get some high leverage situations as well to see how he deals with them. Uh, it's been kind of up and down for him in those types of roles. Um, but he certainly has the stuff to even be a closer. I mean, if he could get comfortable enough to throw him out there as a ninth inning option, I, I think, you know, he it would be ideal to put a guy like that out there because when you got, you got a guy like that going out to you in the ninth inning, it's, it's hard for teams to, you know, catch up to that late, late in game. So um, I think it's still up in the air. I think Chafin certainly is, is a big option there. Um, but I think he'll be in the mix. Romo will be in the mix. I think those are the two guys that you're looking for as for, in, tar- in terms of closing opportunities until, you know, Lou Trevino at some point, maybe he works his way back into that role. Um, those are the two guys that you kind of target right now.
2: You know what's so interesting is when we had Chafin on the program, he, he just talked about, I pitch up, down, and slider in the dirt. That's all he thinks about. (laughs) I'm like, like, well, video and learning a new catcher and all this, up, down, slider in the dirt. I I, I think he's kind of got the mentality that you want for a guy late in games. I mean, what do you think about him closing? I mean, I, I would be fine if Bob says, all right, for the rest of the way, this guy's closing games out.
0: Yeah, he definitely keeps it simple out there. And you saw, you know, that last game against the Yankees. He went out there and just took care of business. It, it didn't matter that it was a ninth inning. It seemed like any inning that he's ever come in with the A's. I mean, he's been so dominant outside of that one game he had against the Giants. Um, he's definitely I think when you look at just uh, you know, the work that's been put in this year and then the stuff uh at the top of that list I would think in terms of getting, you know, the shot in the ninth. Uh and I think you, you're right, he definitely has a mentality for it. I don't think it phases him whether he comes in in the sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, he has you know the same game plan every time, and it's worked a lot more times than it hasn't worked, especially this year. He's, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. So I mean that was obviously I think a pickup that a lot of people don't really look at as, as a huge deal, especially after the Martay stuff and what he's been able to do this year and all the additions on offense. But Chafin, you know, ranks up there in terms of best you know midseason acquisitions of baseball this year.
2: And then getting back to Lou Trevino, you're still going to need him. I said it last night in the post-game show. It's like uh, you, you can't bury the guy. He's got too good of an arm. How do you think they get him back going again?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, his his stuff is there. But, I mean, I think the confidence, especially after those three games in a row where he was unable to hold on two times, hold up, unable to hold on to a lead, and then the other one, you know, gives up the go-ahead homer. Um, I think maybe you bring him in a little bit earlier, maybe six, seventh innings you know let him strike some guys out and and put up a couple of clean innings you get him some confidence back and you know whether it's back into the closers role or maybe the setup setup role and you go kind of matchup based in the ninth who knows but uh you definitely want to have him you know has a high leverage option as you go into the you know late september and into the playoffs because you know he's an arm that you need to count on you don't have a, a whole lot of guys who can throw high velocity like him and you know, when it's we've seen him be really good this year. I mean, his year recently has been really bad, but for a lot, especially the first half of the season, he earned that closers role. I mean, he he worked his way into it. He started out as a as a kind of a, you know, left-right matchup thing with Diekman and he took control of it. So, I mean, I think he can definitely work his way back into it. I think it's just getting confidence back and it comes with kind of maybe lesser situations, maybe even coming in still with a lead, but not in the ninth inning, maybe, you know, seventh inning, sixth inning, you know, come in and you know, get some confidence back with a couple of strikeouts.
2: You know, when you think about how crazy a baseball season is, who would ever thought Chris Davis would be back? Who would ever thought we'd be talking about Sergio Romo being the closer? I mean, doesn't it just show you how wild baseball truly can be?
0: Yeah, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, even the other night, Paul Blackburn going five shutout against the Yankees. Who would have thought that? I mean, everyone was expecting Paul Blackburn to get, you know, hit hard and, and probably have to go to the bullpen after like two innings. I mean, that was, you, you talk to anybody before that game, that was the expectation. So, I mean, you oftentimes you need, you know, contributions from, from unlikely sources. And that's the A's have gotten that a couple of times here. Maybe Chris Davis becomes that next one. Um, you know, we'll see, but uh, you always need those types of outings from, from guys that you don't really expect. Um, Because you never know what's going to happen over the course of the season with injuries and whatever. You need guys to step up. And they've had guys step up at times when they need to. Tony Kemp even. I mean, Tony Kemp is on a hot streak right now. Uh, And, you know, he's a guy who, going into the season. You expect, okay, maybe he's going to be a bench guy, come off, you know, for some pinch hits. But he's probably earned himself a lot more playing time here over the last month with the way he's been swinging the bat.
2: I mean, he's played the most games in his career this year. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, it's been phenomenal to watch him. And he's such a good guy that He's someone you truly root for. And the other guy that I think about, you know, coming up, Austin Allen's been really hot. I mean, batting average, power, you name it. I do the minor minor league report in the fifth inning. I mention him all the time. How do you think he's going to be utilized? Because what what he's bringing from the aviators are some really good numbers.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting how that how they use him. I think you know maybe possibly with Moreland being out, you get some some shots at you know the DH spot against righties. Um, you know he's definitely I think he's always been a really good hitter. Um, it's just been about getting playing time in the majors. I thought we'd see him earlier this year. You know when Aramis Garcia was kind of struggling up here before they got Jan Gomes. Um, you know he stayed down there in AAA and. I have to think he's coming up here with a ton of confidence based on the numbers he put up. It's just been ridiculous what he's been able to do down there. So, um, you know, I don't know that the playing time is going to be a a whole lot for him, but I think they're going to find good spots for him to get him into the lineup or coming off the bench against, you know, a righty, you know, as a bullpen. I think, you know, he's always had a ton of power. He's always been really highly regarded as a hitter, maybe not as much behind the plate. So maybe you don't see him behind the plate at all with, Gomes and Murphy being two pretty good defensive catchers who can work with pitchers well, but I think they'll try to find them some at bats as well. You want like the same thing with Chris Davis. You want to find, you know, ways early to get them at bats so they can try to keep those good times rolling at the play instead of, you know, having to sit around for a whole week and then coming off the bench for one at bat, never the ideal situation. So I would expect them to try to get them, you know, some at bats early on here as well.
2: Hey, good stuff, buddy. We'll see you at the Coliseum when we uh, all return from the next homestand.
0: All right. Thanks, Tony. See
2: you later. Martin Gallegos from MLB.com. Do you remember, I can't tell you who it is, but my Padre connection said the comparison for Austin Allen was, do you remember, Cody?
1: I do. It was uh, Atlanta Braves catcher, Stephen Vogt.
2: They compared him to Stephen Vogt. The guy can hit. Like as much as... You guys are now everybody. I got people blowing me up all day long about Chris Davis. Austin Allen's been really hot down in Las Vegas.
1: He had 20 home runs.
2: You know, it's kind of like, all right, you're bringing up some hot guys. Are we going to keep them on the bench? Are we going to let them see if they're still hot? And then how do you make those changes? Because let's be honest, Sean Murphy's not hot. And I've made it. Perfectly clear, I want to see a lot of Jan Gomes. Because he hits. He's, 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 he produces. But what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to call up Austin Allen and now just sit him? Or are you going to play him? Because he's been red hot down there. And Chris Davis has been red hot. How are you going to mix them in?
1: Yeah, like as Martine said, you have, and I mentioned earlier, you have to get these guys at bats eventually. You can't just have them sit out for a week and then get them in. Uh, but you're right. It's, you have to make some action. You need to get Yon Gums in there, but they have a philosophy of letting Sean Murphy and Yon Gums split the way they're playing. And, and you want, you don't want to have these guys sitting out cause they've been there all year. And you know, Sean Murphy is the catcher of the future for you, but you don't want to call up Austin Allen just to call up Austin Allen and have him just sit on the bench and have him play every, you know, 10 days or something. You want to get his bat in the lineup. He's, I mean, he was the second best home run hitter in Vegas behind one other player. I think it was, uh, I closed that close it out, but he had the second most home runs in Vegas. So I'm, I'm, I'm efforting to get our good friend, Fran Reardon on for you to talk to on pregame tomorrow morning. The
2: Great. Fran Reardon.
1: Uh, Vegas is 10 games over 500. They're coming. They're coming.
2: Do not doubt the leadership and the ability of the great Fran Reardon for the Las Vegas aviators. By the way, this is kind of a weird note. Kenta Maeda just had Tommy John surgery. Remember he had that surgery to have that plate put in his elbow and now Tommy John? Very odd. We're gonna have to look into that.
1: Yeah, I saw that he had the Tommy John surgery done. That's um that stinks. I'm a big Kenta my Kentamaeda fan, so he's gonna be out for well, he's not gonna pitch next year. So
2: Well, well he already had the surgery. Whatever they put, like yeah. a, I can't they put something in there. And obviously didn't work, and now has to have Tommy John surgery. That's uh, really sad.
1: So, I had this in buying. We have like eight minutes left, and I don't want. I don't. I don't need to go through the whole buying or selling shtick uh, with it for you. But did you see what happened in the uh, Padres game last night?
2: Why can't we do the whole shtick of buying or selling?
1: All right. Well, because there's a lot of audio for this is Padres bit. But fine, I could do it. All right, let me get the open ready.
2: You' getting lazy on me. Here we go. It's time for buying
1: or selling so, so. right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, so last night in the uh, Padres' win over the uh, the uh, helpless Torrey Lovello fighting the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, what are bl- they? Wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 I haven't checked. I'm going to do it right now. How far back? are the D backs. Oh, my God. You want to take a guess? Yes.
1: 41. I looked it earlier. It's 41, right?
2: 41 They're 41 games out of first place. Oh, my God. They're 44 and 90.
1: Yeah, they're awful. By the way, Fran Reardon in for tomorrow. The greatest manager in the history of AAA baseball will be our guest uh, tomorrow.
2: Fran, 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 Fran. Fran's the man. I can't wait.
1: All right. So 8.30 in the morning because pregame's at 9.10. Can't wait. So the Padres were going for another no-hitter last night against uh, the uh, the Diamondbacks, as I mentioned. But they didn't get it. But Blake Snell did go seven hitless innings with 107 pitches. But then he was pulled with as i mentioned the the pitches he had 10 strikeouts and two walks here's what manager not friend of the program jace tingler said about pulling blake Snell. the
2: reality is he's uh he's coming off his career high pitches career high innings he's on a great roll right now and you know it's it's 107 pitches and you know basically he's on pace uh averaging 15 16 pitches an in inning and you know if everything continues you're talking you know in the possibly 140s and um you know two things you think about you think about the game tonight uh how, how do you get the win and then also uh keeping him in a good position uh going forward so uh it's it's <laughs> it's it's not what you want to do but uh i feel it i felt it was the right thing to do uh tonight and, and, and for going forward as well so <laughs>
1: So that's what Jace Tingler had to say uh, after pulling Blake Snell. Now, when he mentioned his career high, his career high was he threw 122 pitches and went seven and two-thirds. Seven and two-thirds is his career high. He did that against the Dodgers last week. Now, Snell also defended the decision saying it was smart for taking him out. MLB tonight with uh, Harold Reynolds, friend of the program, uh, Dan Polisak, also a friend, and uh, Greg Amesinger, they discussed it, and they pretty much said it's on the system, not the pitcher, him not being able to go go the distance blake snell's never pitched in the ninth inning in his career and he's won a cy young think about that he's never pitched in the ninth inning and he's won a cy young award now i found this interesting the padres uh they talk about the system joe musgrove has two complete games this year he's thrown a no hitter and he has another complete game this year now his pitch counts were 112 111 but still he has a complete he has two complete games Uh, 11 of Blake Snell's 25 starts. He didn't even go five innings. So how's that the system's problem if he can't go five innings? Remember how the Rays don't ever let guys go a complete game? They have a complete game this year. So, again, how's it the system's problem? Buying or selling, the system is responsible for Blake Snell.
2: I'm I'm not buying that. I'm selling. I'm calling him soft. I mean, at at some point – You got to say, this is my game. And the manager goes, yeah, it's your game. You're not taking me out. I'm finishing this thing. If you have that mentality. He clearly doesn't have that mentality. I mean, wouldn't you you go into the manager's office and ream his you-know-what at some point? Hey, man, I'm rolling. We're trying to make the playoffs here. Don't the Padres own the second wild card?
1: Yeah, they're tied with the, uh, the Red Legs in Cincinnati. Tied.
2: Nah, I think they're up.
1: No, it's, I looked earlier. They're tied with the Reds.
2: You sure? No, the Reds are a half game out. I'm looking. At, well, let me refresh my standings here. But, yeah, I'm trying to pitch us into
1: the playoffs. Yeah, what are we right. doing here? And the Padres. I mean, I- they're playing right now, and you, Darvish, just got taken out of the game early again. So yeah you you need you need him to step up and. So that's the you know what taking these guys out so early
2: that is the system, and it's a system that's not working. I mean I, I you know when we have Scott Emerson on, and Scott Emerson says, "Hey, listen, 130 pitches," but everybody's panicking when the starter gets to around 100. That's what drives me nuts about Frankie Montas. It literally drives it. Yeah, Cincinnati's a half game behind the Padres. So the Padres right now own the second wild card. But that drives me nuts. It's like, the guy's 255 pounds. The guy's built to go 130, 40, 50, whatever. Like, you're taking him out after 92, and he's, I mean... Think about his start against the Yankees. He was dominant, right? The Yankees are red hot. They're one of the best lineups in baseball. Frankie Montas is mowing them down. Whoever you're bringing in from the bullpen isn't better than him on
1: that night. Can't we all agree on that? Uh, Not with with the way he's been pitching. No one's been better than him.
2: So why are you taking him out? at 90, I think he had 98 pitches or whatever. Dude's 255 pounds. He's built. He and we, what we've been seeing with Frankie is he's getting stronger late in games. Why can't he pitch the whole game? I don't get it. It's that I would buy is the system. Blake Snell, soft. Everybody else, I would buy it's a system.
1: Yeah. I just don't. I, when I heard that, I'm just like, come on. The guy's never pitched into the ninth inning in his career. Seven and two thirds is his career high, and he's won a Cy Young. I mean, I mean, what are we doing? Ryan Yarbrough is the guy that has a complete game for the Rays this year. He was the bulk guy after the opener. He's the guy with the complete game, and Blake Snell can't go nine innings. This is a guy that came in after the opener who has a complete game on his, on his resume this year. So don't tell me it's the system. Let the guy pitch. Let him do it. 11 of 25 starts, he didn't go five innings? I, I'm sorry, it's not Larry Rothschild's fault, the guy they fired last week. It's not, it's not his fault. That's all I got. I'm sorry. I, the Padres thing was driving me crazy because that was a big story last night. Because immediately after they took him out, the Padres gave up a hit, so they lost the no hitter in the eighth inning. So good for Tori and the snakes for not getting no hit by the Padres. Oh, God, Tori, <laughs> poor guy. Our poor guy is a <laughs>
2: good guy. We love him to death, but man, they are having a bad year. That there, is, I, God.
1: There's a question we'll get to on Friday with you. Um, it, it's I'll get to I'll get uh, get to on Friday about um, the way baseball is going. We could see, I think I have to look. We could see one, two, three. We could see four teams finish the under 55 wins this year. Four. That's not good. No.
2: That's why this whole floor, you know, we see a ceiling, but we need a floor in baseball. Why it's going to be so important. To tell teams that, listen, tanking is not acceptable. You got to spend at least $100 million a year. That means the A's will have to spend 100 million, but everybody will have to spend 100 million. Isn't that what they project? Wasn't that the first number they threw out? 100? And, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, and you can negotiate down a little bit. Like every team, okay, well, right. Every team has to spend 80 or 85. But just going full on tank mode, this is really bad for the game. And it affects everybody, right? Like think about the A's. It's like you're chasing both the Yankees and the Red Sox, and these teams have multiple games left with the Orioles, and the Orioles aren't trying.
1: No, they beat the Blue Jays last night. Huh? <laughs> they beat the Blue Jays last night.
2: But that, that's the thing. It's like it, it affects you. It affects more than just the teams in your division. The A's are trying to go to the playoffs for the fourth straight year, and they're chasing teams in the East who got a bunch of games against the Orioles. What do we say? The Red Sox got what six games left against the Orioles?
1: Yeah, it's it's not good. The Rays went eighteen one versus them this year. Eighteen and one versus the Orioles.
2: That's it. That's just that's bad news.
1: All right, are we out of here? Yeah, we're out of here. We're back on Friday. Weird. What's tomorrow? Uh, day game, ten ten start. We're gonna have the great Fran Reardon. Yeah, Fran Reardon's our pregame guest tomorrow morning.
2: All righty. Martin Gallegos, we appreciate him stopping by. What happened to your guy, Dan Dickerson?
1: I don't know. I haven't even heard back from him. So, sure, it was just that something came up. You know, things happen. Life happens. Stuff happens.
2: Great stuff, as always, Cody. We'll see you on Friday. Coming up next, we have what? We're just going to play some spots because we only have, like, eight minutes to get there, so. And then we'll have A's Total Access brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola Winery. We're getting you ready for a little A's baseball as you're trying to win four in a row. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live.